Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Podcasts. It's like radio. But it's not on the radio. Hogan Johns. We will be perfect. Obsession. In every aspect of the game. Being obsessed. Jordan Howard. That's going to be a Bears touchdown. Tariq Cohen with the catch toward the end zone. And touchdown Bears. WGN Radio's very own Adam Hogan. I'm up here, you morons. Come on, get me. And the Chicago Sun-Times, Adam Johns. You guys give up? Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Oh, yeah, thirsty for more. Bring you Chicago's best Bears coverage. Yes! Trubisky, protected for the end zone. Touchdown! Trey Burton. That's aggressive. They want to line up and kick it. And it's good. Rodgers, end zone throw, and it's intercepted! And it's Eddie Jackson! Who said it's personal obsession? My oh my! obsessed. And now, here they are. Perfection. The Adams. Yeah, baby. Hogan Johns. Fuller, go easy on the Pepsi. What's up? Welcome in. Happy holidays. We get towards Christmas weekend. And another game for the Chicago Bears. Episode 205 of the Hogan Johns podcast. And guess what? It finally happened. It only took 205 episodes. But we're missing Adam Johns. We're in the missing Adam Johns formation. He's sick. He's got the stomach flu. The stomach flu has wiped out the entire Johns family. So it's next man up. That's what we do here. And our guy Joe Romano stepping in. You hear from every Thursday on our preview podcast. But he's going to be stepping up. Next man up, right, Joe? Yes, sir. Has to happen. That's just the way it is. This is a uh, Eddie Jackson, um, Eddie Jackson's backup situation. Yeah. yeah, Dion Bush stepping in on Sunday. Joe Romano stepping in for for Adam Johns. It's it's, it's exactly what this is. Um, yeah, the the uh, stomach flu is. I guess going. He said like ninety kids at um, the kids' school like had the flu and then it wiped out the family and uh and then johnsy finally got it this morning so uh yeah it sounds terrible we're not we're not gonna rip johns at all for this one it sounds sounds bad and we wish him uh the absolute best especially at this time of year too you know with the holidays and obviously you know anytime during bear season sucks for for you guys but like right around the holidays you hate to sit there while the kids are opening gifts and you know you can't celebrate with them that would really suck well and he texted me like real early this morning it was like dude the flu's been going around the house i don't know that you want me in your house and i was like oh that's kind of a tough situation because just the way we did it it's would be too complicated to explain the way we do our Thursday episodes. We kind of need to be in the same place for this one. And so I was like, ah, well, you know, we'll have the, the hand sanitizer and the Lysol wipes ready to go. And then he texted me like a couple hours after that. and was like, dude, no, it's not happening. I'm full blown in this thing now. And so, uh, yeah, 
It's it's all good. But uh, we carry on, and we got some good stuff for you today on the Hogan Johns podcast. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E. You can still follow Johns. He at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S, our producer. And today, co-host Joe Romano, at Joey Joe Rowe. See, I got this friend named Joey Jojo <laughs> Jr. Shabadoo. That's the worst name I ever heard. Oh, no. Hi, Joey Jojo. And Not much Joe. crying this week, baby. No, no, no. You are look, look. Look at you, by the way. You are on vacation this week, and you came in. You came in to do the podcast anyway. That's that's the way it's done around here. So maybe we should shame Adam Johnson a little bit. <laughs> maybe just a touch. <laughs> maybe just a little bit. <laughs> Uh, you love the interception questions like I was counting you for that. Uh, yeah, I guess Mitch doesn't have to worry about John Z today. Uh, all right. Read us at WGNRadio.com slash bears. I got a new 10 bears things column up and a uh, topic we are going to discuss here. Revisiting that Mitch Trubisky trade with the 49ers back on draft night in 2017. Uh, also got some good stuff from Robbie Golden there. And, um... We finally did an investigation on Mitch Trubisky's beard. Oh, thank God. So it's <laughs> it's all in 10 Bears things, but we're also going to cover a lot of it here on the podcast today, too. Johns, you can read him at chicagosuntimes.com. Please rate and review the podcast. Search Hogan Johns on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, tune in. Please rate and review it and subscribe. We appreciate you doing that. Also, Johns, for me, uh, a shout-out we have to give uh, Allison McDonald in Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, Allison, and, yeah, our international listeners. Um, Allison and J- her husband James, big Hogan Johns listeners, and uh, we just want to give them a quick Merry Christmas shout out and uh, appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoy your Christmas and uh, and thanks for listening. So shout out to Allison and James in Scotland. Uh, all right. We still have our voicemails, right, Joe? We sure do. Yeah, are they? They were flying in <laughs> yeah, on man. Sunday. I'm I had to turn my phone off at one point. Right. Yeah. So, uh, look, weeks like this, don't get upset if you didn't make it. Joe has to go through a lot of these and squeeze a lot of them into a little bit of time. It takes a lot of work to do this. So, uh, if you didn't make it. It's all right. Keep trying. 312-222-5050. There'll be plenty of opportunities coming up here, but I'm assuming uh, these are going to be pretty good. So let's hear our voicemails from the Bears winning the NFC North against the Packers. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! The Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. 312-222-5050. Go Bears! Jim from Crown Point, Indiana. What's up, Joey Joe Rowe? Bear down, baby. Put me in a segment. Jason from Crystal Lake calling, and here's my song. Khalil Mackie is the thing to say when the Bears beat the Packers today. Bear down. This is Sid from the West Burbs. I'm no math major, but today, number 10 is greater than number 12. 
Bear down. Hoggy cat, John Zebab, chickadee, 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 Joe Earl, Bobo, the Prosky hair walking into Small John's Field. We got a Division Clinton Chicago Bears game today against the hated Green Bay Packers. I'm predicting an easy Chicago dub. You're going to take out the Packers. You're going to win this. You're going to clinch the division. You're going to go to the playoffs. You're going to win the NFC North. You're the Chicago Bears. Charlie from Stewart, Florida. Bear down, baby. Yeah, Alex from Florida. Yeah, everybody's talking about that no-look pass by Mahomes. But how about the no-look sack by Khalil Mack? Let's freaking go. Let's win the NFC North title. Bear down, baby. Let's go. Jake calling from Kentucky. All I got to say is... Bear down, baby. Dean Ryan from Kingry Grove, Illinois. After 30 years in Wisconsin, it's great to be back in Chicago rooting on my North Division champions. Nothing better than to see Aaron Rodgers sacked on his last offensive play. Javier Garza calling from Fresno, California. Joey Jojo, we shook the lake. Go Bears, King of the North, bear down. Cheese from Bucktown. The Bears shut down Rodgers harder than Rodgers' dad asking for tickets. Bear down. Jordan R. from Chico, California. I told you guys my brother sucked. Go Bears. Sean in Buckeye, Arizona. F*** the Packers. <laughs> Jake from San Francisco. I just have one question. Does Aaron Rodgers have a state farm policy for Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd? Number one in the North, baby. Drew from Michigan. I uh, was able to enjoy that game with my firstborn son, Beckham, seven months old. And first year of his life, and he has no idea what it's like to not win an NFC North championship. It was so much sweeter beating Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Love it. Joey Jojo, go blue. And bear down. John Sullivan from Gullivan, Alaska. You know, the sun might have only been up for about four hours today, but the future is bright thanks to the Chicago Bears. FTP and bear down. John from Texas. Uh, I actually just saw another scenario, Packers playoff scenario on Twitter. It said a couple things have to happen. One, go home. Two, realize that your time at the top of the NFC North is over for a long time. Three, cry. Four, watch the Bears in the playoffs. Bear down, baby. Woo! NFC North close. Hey guys, Rob in Granite City calling at the end of a Packers week with a much happier tone. This wasn't a victory over broken collarbone Aaron Rodgers. This wasn't a victory over broke down Brett Favre. This was a page-turning victory in the history of the NFC North. Who holds the North? We do. Bear down. Kelly from Cincinnati. NFC North champs, we took the lake. Bear down. Peter from Gilbert, Illinois. You know Aaron Rodgers, before he's the ball, he, he says, ready, go. Ready, go. Well, I got one for you, Aaron. Ready, go home and take your girlfriend with you. Bear down. Mike from the wrong side of the cheese curtain. Just last season, the Bears finished fourth. Now they reign as the king in the north. They laid waste to the pack. Got a butt stack from Mac. May they rule this division henceforth. Armani here from Phoenix. I'm pumped up. I'm excited. I'm here with my four-year-old son teaching him the ways of the Chicago Bears, and he's got a message of y'all, man. The Packers stuck in the Bears. 
I think Eddie Jackson's got a case to be all pro. So the results of the draft heavily favor Ryan Pace. But even taking that all that out of consideration, going back to what we knew that night, I still think people just cannot... Most people, I think, at this point get it. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm attacking our listeners, but I know there's some people listening to this right now that still feel like they should not have traded up to get Mitch Trubisky. And again, I want to take out the result. You know, so Patrick Mahomes is having a better season than Trubisky. Try to take that out of your mind for a second. Here's what was going through Ryan Pace's head that night. Okay, this this was what, taking all the hindsight out of it, this was the situation. So try to grasp this. Mitch Trubisky was not just Ryan Pace's number one quarterback. Clearly, he was Pace's guy. But he was also the number one quarterback for Josh Lucas, who's the Bears' director of player personnel. Mark Sadowski, who's the Bears' director of college scouting. Uh, National scout at the time, Ryan Kessinich. Area scout, Chris Prescott. And he still had a voice in the room because he was the offensive coordinator, Dow Loggins, as well. So there was an overwhelming consensus in the scouting department, in the Bears scouting department, that Trubisky was their guy. That's the guy they wanted. Now, in hindsight, you could question the evaluation, but you need to put yourself in that room on the night of the draft, okay, and understand that clear-cut, there was consensus, Trubisky was their guy. Okay, so taking that into account, the Bears had the number three pick. You know that. Everybody knew the 49ers were highly motivated to move out of that number two spot and acquire more picks. We talked to Kyle Shanahan yesterday at House Hall on a conference call. He confirmed as much, and he made it clear that there were multiple teams involved. Everybody knew the 49ers wanted to move back. So the Bears are sitting there at number three. Miles Garrett's off the board at number one. All right. So they're one pick away from getting their guy, and they have a team in front of them that they know is highly motivated to trade out of there. What the Bears don't know is who could potentially jump them. But they did know that they were not the only team having conversations with the 49ers at that point. So there was a very real possibility that a team could leapfrog the Bears. And if that team also wanted Trubisky, their consensus guy in that room that everybody was in agreement they wanted, except maybe John Fox, but (laughs) um, he could be gone. Yeah, and Mike Lennon, that too. At the, but he was at the draft party. Oh, right. He wasn't in yeah. the room. Yeah. <laughs> he was in a different party room. Yes. He was at the official team party. Oh, awkward. Uh, okay. Meanwhile, Ryan Pace also knew that other teams had Trubisky at the top of their draft board. Um, what those teams didn't know is that Pace had Trubisky at the top of his draft board. Remember, the Bears kept that... Such a secret. And I still think to this day that is something that he does not get enough credit for because had the Bears not kept their Trubisky love so quiet, it's very possible that that bidding for the number two pick would have been even more intense than it was. Yeah, it, I, it, I think that's a that's a major point that it, the cost could have been much greater if, if it was known that the number one player on their board was a quarterback. Because now, now all of a sudden, maybe Cleveland's saying, well, I mean, Miles Garrett is a generational talent, but we also are thinking about quarterback here. So it, it, it might not even be just for that second pick, but for the first pick. Like, you got to get up here if you want Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, and, and remember, it was reported by Emily Kaplan, who was working for MMQB at the time, 
that Trubisky was the Chiefs' number one guy. Okay? Not Patrick Mahomes. And that is something that has been repeated to me a couple times since. Um, I don't know that it's something I'm, you know, feel like 100%. I, I believe it. I actually do believe it. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 it's, it, you know, there's still, it, it's also been refuted a little bit or downplayed a little bit. What we do know is that Matt Nagy was there at the time. And Matt Nagy did love Trubisky. Okay? So their offensive coordinator, at least, was on board with with drafting Trubisky. And, and and again, let's just hypothetically say that Trubisky was at the top of the Chiefs draft board, just for an example. If Ryan Pace hadn't kept it such a secret that the Bears wanted him, so if it was more well-known across the league that the Bears wanted Trubisky, well, then they may have jumped the Bears. But you got to think about that. They didn't necessarily know that. So they had, may have been talking to the 49ers about that spot, but they may not have been as motivated to go that far and give up that much draft capital because they thought, okay, well, the Bears aren't, you know, the 49ers aren't going to take them. The Bears aren't going to take them. So we can, you know, we can wait a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Well, the Bears ended up taking him. And meanwhile, what I do know and what I did report in the days after the draft is that the Browns were talking to the 49ers and they, they were definitely interested in Trubisky. So again, the 49ers are talking to multiple teams. Ryan Pace knows that. Ryan Pace believes that Trubisky uh, is also coveted by other teams, and he knows that everybody in that room, in the Bears draft room, wants him. So he had the conviction that Trubisky was his guy, and he's on the phone, and the offer is two third-round picks and a fourth-rounder. We're talking about three middle-round picks to guarantee that you get your guy, to guarantee that something crazy doesn't happen and you get out of there that night not having your quarterback of the future that you think is the solution at the most important position in sports. I'm sorry. You make that trade every single time. Every single time. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, if I were to pick a side, I would probably be on Herb's side. I, I, I agree with everything that you're saying. And it's not that at this point, it's almost like stubbornness to the point where, you know, if, if I didn't, if because I wasn't high on any of the quarterbacks in the class walking in, I just felt that it was an unnecessary move to make. And I'm not hammering on the table. I'm not upset about it. And maybe that is because of the way that Trubisky has progressed this year. But I just felt that no quarterback was worth moving up one spot. But also, I didn't know any of the stuff that you just said. I didn't know that the that Cleveland was looking to jump back in. And, you know, I felt like they they if if a quarterback was that high on their board, they could have they should have felt comfortable that nobody was going to jump them. But well, and, and I get that. So, but, 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 and so that if that's how you felt, and that's how, and we, yeah, we were talking to Herb Lawrence from the score on this Twitter thread the other day. If that's how, I mean, I get that. If that's how the fans felt, or, you know, then obviously you're going to say, well, then you, who cares if they would have, if someone had come up and gotten Trubisky number two, you could have taken Mahomes or Watson at number three. But, that wasn't the situation the Bears were in. Like I, that's that's sort of like fantasy fan world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you have to understand that in the real NFL world, these teams spend so much time and so much money and so many resources to come down to a final board that they have up there in front of them on draft night, 
And if there's that much consensus to one player, again, I'm not saying you can't go back and question the evaluation with the hindsight. Sure. Okay, that's a different thing. What I'm talking about is what you should want as a fan is your front office, your general manager, and your scouting de- department to trust the process that they have and to put all the work and effort into it to come up with a draft board and stick to that and not be guessing. And I'll give you, I'll give you an example because now what we can do is go into what happened with these two draft classes. Because what I couldn't get over in the days after the draft, remember Peter King was in the 49ers mm-hmm. draft room and wrote an incredible Monday morning quarterback column on everything that happened in there. It's some of the best reporting you'll ever read. Okay, But part of that reporting... Okay, was that running back Joe Williams, who he drafted in the fourth round, was not even on their draft board. And they did not, they had like a disagreement. Someone, I think maybe it was Kyle Shanahan like Joe Williams or something. Anyway, John Lynch ended up on the phone with Joe Williams in the middle of the fourth round and allowed Joe Williams to convince him to draft him. (laughs) Okay, that's... This is what I'm talking about. Do you want the general manager that's going to have 100% conviction on a player and stick to that? Or do you want a general manager who's going to be talked in by a by a 22-year-old or however Joe, right. old Joe Williams was into picking him in the fourth round? Joe Williams, Joe, I, don't, I don't even think he's on the team anymore. I doubt it. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's, that's what I, I just, I wish everybody could grasp. And, and I understand, if you want to go back, that's part of this too, and general managers understand that. You want to go back three years later and crush a pick or say it was a bad pick? Like, Kevin White was a bad pick. Mm-hmm. It was a bad pick. That, that, that counts. That counts. I mean, it, Ryan Pace's first draft pick was bad, and that goes down on the score sheet. But I still think in the moment, if you consider all the context, you shouldn't be upset with what Ryan Pace did. Two threes and a four to get a guy that he felt convicted was the Bears' solution at the most important position in sports, more than Patrick Mahomes, more than Deshaun Watson. And now, if in, in the hindsight, you, you want to question the evaluation, that's a different conversation. But, um, you know, and then meanwhile, I, I still hear it every week. Why did they give up a whole draft to get one guy? They didn't give up a whole draft. Nah. They ended up with Eddie Jackson and Tariq Cohen in the fourth round. Two Pro Bowlers. And I think the the most important word is conviction. The fact that, you know, I think as stubborn as I've been, I still give Ryan Pace credit for saying, okay, this is my guy and I will not miss on, his, on this guy. So even though I didn't like that they did it, mm-hmm. the fact that he went there, you know, scouted him out, knew what he wanted, wasn't going to let anybody else take him. You know, I guess for me, one of the bigger problems, too, is that, you know, contracts running out a little bit. If I take a quarterback, my job's safe now. And so this sucks that we're talking about this the week, you know, after they beat the Packers and clinch the division. But that's just the way I felt since since it happened. It's like, all right, this guy's drafting a quarterback to, to keep his job. And I, I, I wasn't in love with the quarterback that he took or that he yeah. traded up to get him. Yeah. Well, and I, and again, I get that from like the fan perspective, um, because if you didn't like a guy and your team trades up to get him, I I understand that, and, and maybe in the end you'll be right. But 
what I again what I, what I just try to keep everyone back to is like th- you got to think about it like the general manager and what is going around in the league, who's thinking about trading up, what the actual situation is, and then what the cost is too. Like, remember what the the Chargers gave up number one picks to move up one spot to get Ryan Leaf. Mm-hmm. Okay, Pace didn't even come close to that. And, and, and that's what I think people forget. All right. Uh, one other thing I want to mention, because I did ask both Matt Nagy, who has an interesting perspective because he was with the Chiefs at the time about this yesterday. And I like what he said. He said, that's the beauty of how Ryan Pace works. We're not afraid to make mistakes. No one is perfect. There are going to be mistakes made, but you do it with full belief in whatever decision you are making. It's 100% and there are no regrets. And then he went on to bring up the fake punt the other day. You know, that... I think Bears fans should love that that's how this organization is operating. They're not afraid to make mistakes. They're not going to be stubborn about it when they don't work. They're going to admit when they're wrong. and But they're going to do everything with 100% conviction. And that's what I, I firmly believe the good coaches, GMs in sports do. As opposed to, again, I, I'm, and I hate like it's like I'm piling on John Lynch, mm-hmm. but... When you have a player talk you into drafting him, like that's the opposite of what I would want as a general manager. And he also took C.J. Beathard in the third round. Like I should not have been drafted. Yeah, I heard some rumors about the the current Iowa quarterback potentially leaving early. It's like for what, dude? Where are you going? <laughs> oh, Nate Stanley. Yeah, yeah. You high on him? Uh, I'm. You know, he's a decent player, but I haven't even really thought about him yet as an yeah. NFL quarterback. So uh, that would be interesting. He's a good, he has a decent arm, though. Yeah. That's an interesting thought. Uh, And then again, uh, Kyle Shanahan did confirm. uh, Here's the quote. We knew that they were trying to get that pick, and we didn't know exactly who they were trying to get. Again, Brian wouldn't even tell the 49ers that that's who they wanted, was Trubisky. And Shanahan said there were a number of teams interested. That was what he said yesterday on a conference call. Uh, you can read more about this on my 10 Bears Things, WGNRadio.com slash Bears. I just I, I find it a fascinating conversation still as the Bears go play the 49ers uh, this week. And the other big connection here is Robbie Gold, who, uh, of course, single-handedly beat the Bears 15-14 to last year at Soldier <laughs> Field. And uh, we had an awesome conference call with him yesterday. Uh, he still considers Chicago his home. In fact... His family has been living here during the season. So, that, I mean, that's a tough situation. He's been out in San Francisco kicking. Um, not only was his wife back here with his two boys, but she was also pregnant with her third boy who was born uh, five weeks ago. So it's been a crazy year for him. They're still back in Chicago. He's been out in San Francisco, obviously, and he still considers Chicago home. We had a really good conversation with him about that. Uh, and about the Bears making the playoffs and how excited he is about the Bears making the playoffs as well. Uh, I think fans are really going to appreciate some of this conversation we had with Robbie Gold yesterday. So um, here's a big chunk of it. Robbie Gold on a conference call yesterday, starting with um, a question about how well he's just been kicking the ball. He's he's hitting at a ridiculous 96% since leaving the Bears. And he was asked, did anything happen uh, to get you to the point where you're now having the best portion of your career now at age 36. 
Not really. Uh, you know, I think a lot of it had to go back to what I said to you guys last year after the Chicago game. You know, it's going back to basics, going back to watching film differently. Um, I think I have a lot of uh, phenomenal people around me out here in San Francisco, just like I did in Chicago. But I think it was one of those things that I just had to get back to getting my footwork better and get my timing and rhythm, rhythm better. And, um, you know, I mean, when I got cut in Chicago, I got cut. I was, I think, like 87% or something like that. So I don't think it was due to 100% to play. I think it had a lot to do with, you know, I just didn't do the things I needed to do right there, kicking and making kicks towards the end of my career there. And um, they made a decision to go in a different way to save on some salary cap. And uh, those are business decisions, you know, and that's just how it is, you know. And for me, it's probably a, a decision that has helped my career. So, um, I'm happy that they're in the playoffs this year. I'm excited for them. It hasn't, I think they haven't been there in eight years. So, you know, to see them back in the playoffs, um, you know, is going to be pretty exciting. And um, I think I'm going to actually go to the game. Uh, I'm going to take my, my boys with me because I haven't been able to go to an NFL game with them. So, uh, for me, I'm just excited uh, for them to be there and, you know, to watch them hopefully win a Super Bowl. Robbie, during your time here, what was your philosophy on getting practice time in at Soldier Field? You know, I didn't really like going down to Soldier Field. I think we went down there for the first few weeks of my rookie season. You know, I think it's a little different uh, here because our locker room and everything's at the stadium, right? Our facility's at the stadium. In Chicago, it's difficult because you got to fight traffic, and uh, there's really no easy time during the day to do that, uh, especially with the practice schedule. So uh, I think... Uh, a lot of it had to do with just when you got down there, you kicked extra kicks in the beginning, and the first couple times, obviously, you know, you got used to it, and you trusted it, and it's just a tough place to kick, and, you know, obviously, uh, you can go down there and spend some time down there, it's helpful, but also, I think it's tough to get out of your rhythm, out of your schedule of massages, and, and kicking in practice, and all those kind of things, so, um, you know, I we went down there for sure, but, you know, I think it helped getting a little bit of familiarity. But at the end of the day, like our fields at the practice facility, was they're set up the same way. So for me, that, that helped me just going out there and kicking a lot too. How often did you go? I think we went for, I think, like four or five weeks. And then um, we uh, decided not to go anymore just because I thought that I had had, a, I, I had a good handle on what the conditions were down there. Robbie, uh, before Garoppolo got hurt, I think the 49ers were probably even ahead of the Bears among teams to watch for that quantum leap and stuff, the anticipation of that. How much has that injury affected things in San Francisco? Or are they just kind of biding their time for next year? Or how has that kind of changed the mood or just the, the way the season's gone there? Well, you know, when you lose your franchise quarterback, it's always tough, right? And, you know, we lost our starting running back and we've had some other injuries across the board that have been pretty difficult but I think uh, our locker room is uh, a pretty resilient locker room right we have a lot of young guys getting experience uh, similar to what Chicago went through when they started doing their rebuild right they got some young players those guys got experience it took a couple years to to get to where they're at today they added a couple key pieces you know we'll have the ability to do that in free agency we'll have the ability to do that through the draft again this year uh, so for us that experience that these young players are getting uh, when you lose your franchise quarterback is great for us because I think there's a lot of similarities between our organization and obviously the, the Bears organization that you're seeing in a rebuild and 
those young players that got that experience are starting to make plays in Chicago, and you're starting to see that here for us towards the end of the season. Robbie, knowing what you know about uh, Chris Tabor, what what do the, the Bears have in him as a special teams coordinator? Uh, he's unbelievable. I mean, that guy is a great football mind. He's been very consistent. Uh, he has those guys playing at an extremely high level. Um, you know, he's doing a lot of things that uh, can confuse you at times with, you know, personnel. He's doing a lot of stuff to put his players in the best position to have the best matchups throughout the game. You know, obviously, I have a lot of respect for him, and I have a lot of respect for Brock Olivo, who um, my brother worked for in Denver. And, you know, I know that those two guys know a lot about football and special teams and I think you're starting to see those those guys play for them and understanding the system better right I mean a lot of those players have been in you know two or three systems over the last four years and you're starting to see them start to understand his system and what they're implementing and I think they're playing at an extremely high level and for us it's going to be a good matchup. Robbie, you've obviously been here for some playoff runs, most notably in, in 2006. How would you describe the energy in the city and the environment at Soldier Field during those those stretches? Well, you know what's unique is I've, when I was back for the bye week or when I was back delivering uh, my five-week-old baby a few weeks ago, um, I started to see a lot of that same passion and energy and you know you see the positivity that's going through the city and as a player you get excited about that is some of the best playoff runs that and in, in the history of the organization and for us um, you feed off of that so uh, for the for the team that we're getting ready to play this weekend out here in San Francisco they have a chance to get the second or even maybe the first seed right so uh, you talk about how a team has has been built the the monsters of the midway i mean those front four are unbelievable right i mean that's how when we made it to the super bowl our defensive line played great we had really great linebackers which these guys do they're back in they're getting interceptions they're getting turnovers vic fangio's done a fantastic job uh coaching those guys right and then you look at the offensive side of the football they're running the ball extremely well uh there's got two guys back there and uh, Terry Cohen, who's probably uh, one of the most athletic guys I've ever seen, and then you have a one-two punch with Jordan Howard, who here's a guy who can ground and pound, and has been a thousand-yard back uh, for them. And I think that's helping Mitch Trubisky and and his growth, right? The offensive line, they're playing great. Special teams, they're playing great. So these guys are built to make a run. Uh, they're built to to be able to to compete against everybody else and and have a chance. And you've seen that because they beat the Rams and they beat some tough teams. Robbie, did you follow the uh, mid-season news when uh, the helicopters were following Cody Parkey down to Soldier Field to practice? I was, uh, I believe, I was at home. I think it was my bye week. You know, Cody's done a. I think Cody's done a great job there. You know, if you if you if you go back and watch his film, he he's really had one unfortunate game. I mean, and uh, he's a guy who I have a lot of respect for. Who I think will do really well there. I think he'll be successful there. I think he'll end up having a great career there. And I think uh, it's just a matter of once he gets comfortable in the stadium or whether uh, it's getting used to the, the wind or you know the the field conditions or the snow or whatever it may be. Um, you know, I think. Once he gets comfortable, he's going to be extremely consistent and really take that one game away. He's had a he's had a Pro Bowl type of year. What was your honest reaction to the choppers? 
I've, I mean, you guys know how the media is back there, you know. Uh, I think it's it's a little crazy and over the top, but I thought, you know, just watching him and how he handled it and, you know, staying close to some of the guys on the team and just how they've rallied around him. I mean, his teammates have been awesome, and I think that those are times that, that as a kicker, it helps you, right? Uh, when you have something where you hit four goal posts in one game, I mean, come on, one of those couldn't have gone in for him. You know what I mean? Like, it's just an unlucky day, right? And um, you know, I felt really bad for him, but like I said, I have a lot of respect for Cody and you know, uh, Tabor and I. Um, I understand those guys have been together and they know how to get it corrected and uh, they know how to work. And you know, those guys have done a fantastic job here down the stretch. Did you happen to talk to him at all during that stretch, Robbie? I, I haven't talked to Cody at all. Um, you know, I think it's one of those things that if he wants to call me, like I told those guys, uh, he's more than welcome to call me at any time. I'd love to help him out, but I'm excited to talk to him in pregame, and, uh, you know, I'm happy he's playing for a great organization. Robbie, what's your outlook for uh, the call months after the season entering free agency? Uh, I'm just excited to get home to my wife and kids. My wife and my kids have been home uh, in Chicago the whole year. Uh, we kept them back there to be in school and you know, have some normalcy. This is my third year away from Chicago, and I don't want to move them two out of the last three years. So, uh, you know, I think the, the hard part about the National Football League is sometimes you have to make tough decisions. And my wife was pregnant, so she stayed back there, and we were able to deliver the baby in Chicago with some familiar faces in the hospital that, you know, we, we were extremely excited about being able to do that. And um, I'm just pumped. You know, I'm going to take my kids to the Blackhawks game on the 20th to go watch the Capitals. Uh, you know, I'm really going to go home and soak up my time that I've missed with them, uh, obviously, over the past couple months. And uh, as far as free agency, um, you know, listen, like anything else, whatever happens is going to happen, right? And it'll happen at the appropriate time. So I like it out here a lot in San Francisco. Uh, I've really enjoyed my time here over the last two years and I'm just looking to uh, make some kicks against you guys and, and hopefully get a win this weekend and whatever happens in free agency usually always happens in the next three months and whatever happens, happens. Alright, so there's Robbie Gold. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. Uh, wrapping up there, he's going to be a free agent this offseason so that'll be interesting. I, I do not foresee a return to the Bears though. Uh, they still owe Cody Parkey uh, $3.5 million next season. Uh, in guaranteed money, and uh, you know it's interesting hearing Robbie talk about how. Yeah, I, I kind of hate sometimes when people bring this up. Like you take one game out of the equation, their season isn't that bad. I mean, he did miss those four field goals and the or the two field goals, two extra points in that game against the Lions. But you know, Robbie had a decent point that you know you, if you remove that one bad, it was really one bad game, and then the missed field goal uh, in Miami, which but that was a fifty-three yarder. If you if you take out the Lions game, his field goal percentage would actually be eighty four point six percent, which isn't outstanding, but it's good enough. And it's you know Robbie had some seasons like that here, and uh, Parky would also be perfect on his extra points. So I, I think we're past the point where the Bears absolutely need a new kicker. So I don't know. Maybe if the timing was different, you could see a Robbie Gold return. But I I, I just don't foresee that happening. I think. Uh, Robbie's at peace with that, but pretty cool that he's planning on bringing his kids to the playoff game. Yeah, and it's it's surprising seeing some of his numbers. You know, uh, from distance, forty to forty nine yards, seventeen for eighteen last year, nine for ten this year, and then combine the last two years at uh, fifty plus, he's six for six. Man, yeah, still got the leg. 
He's still got it, and um, he's he's locked in. Plus, he hasn't really had the benefit of kicking in easy places. San Francisco's got a terrible field, and they got wind there, too, where mm-hmm. that stadium's located. So, uh, And obviously, Soldier Field's not the easiest place. All right, we need to move on. Um, something we promised last week. We'll call this a Hogan Johns investigation. It's a very important investigation that finally needed to happen. Um, we teased this last week. We went to work, and um, you know we we had to find out what the heck is up with Mitch Trubisky's beard. Seems like it's uh, time to ask you about your beard. What's the? Uh... Are you just noticing? No, I just, I, what, what's the uh, motivation behind it? So we can't shave our beards, the quarterbacks, and the quarterbacks coaches included. It started, um, I think I had a trim before the first game, and I haven't touched it since. You can get lineups, but you can't trim. Um, and it's just, it's not the playoff beard, but it's just its just like we all made a pact that we're, we're going to do it, we're going to keep it going. And uh, I've had a baby face my whole life, and then all of a sudden this year I got a beard, so I was like, I'm going to rock this thing as long as I can. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go. All right, now I don't mean to start a controversy, though. This is why we investigate and we do hard-hitting investigations here on the Hogan Johns podcast. Um, but Mitch said that he hasn't touched it since the first game. I went and talked to Chase Daniel, and the uh, the conversation was a little different. I finally asked Mitch today about the beards. <laughs> uh, who, who's behind that? Gosh, you know, I don't know. It, it happened... Uh... It happened week six. It was after our bye week, so we didn't play week five. It was like during our bye week, and I think we were going to Miami, and all of a sudden it was just like, oh, we should keep the beards. And our beards were like pretty just like trim, like really short. And uh, we're like, okay. And all of a sudden they just kept getting really long and really long and really like, let's just roll with it. And so it's it's been since like week four or five, our bye week, that we've, that we've been doing it. Cause, yeah, because he said it was like he had – trim since week one and then so it's just something that sort of just kind of evolved he's, tri- he's trimmed since week okay one. The, the thing came about uh yeah don't let don't let him get you the one the one guy that got sort of screwed about it is tyler because his was literally already long he was just about to cut his beard so he had a good at least two or three weeks on us so that's why his beard looks way crazier than all of ours but yeah it's uh no trimming you know you can line up the edges and that's about it so, sounds like he needed a head start. He's just like, you know, he's not trimming for a while, or maybe trimming, but also kind of keeping that under wraps. Also, I want to know about what does this have to do with Zero Dark Ten, and was he? Is that the reason he's off social media because he can't take any selfies with his sweet beard? <laughs> maybe. You know, Tyler Bray is not on camera very often, but his beard is really long. Like he, Chase not Chase is not lying. He's got the the longest one. He did kind of get screwed, um, but Mitch is the one that has to be in the camera every single week. And that thing is, it's an interesting beard. My favorite part about it is he he buckles up so tight with the chin strap and everything that mm-hmm. really all you can see is the mustache. So it looks like he's just rocking the straight stash, which is great. I think it's awesome. But, uh, you know, once he takes off the helmet and it's like the disconnected mustache from the beard, you're like, man, that's got to just, oof. 
But I will say, as a as a bearded gentleman, you do have to power through. If it's the first time you've ever had a beard, you really just got to push through the ugliness phase and just ride it out. And then, what, you know, it'll just continue to grow better after that. Huh, I might have to take that advice. I've never had a beard. I, I, I just, I'm not a big fan of facial hair, so. Yeah, I didn't even know I could grow one until the uh, 2010 Stanley Cup run. Hmm. Hmm. Power through, man. Power yeah. through. Uh, maybe I'll try it. Your wife will no. like it, dude. She'll like it. No, I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, probably not. Yeah, yeah. All right, we should preview this football game. Bears going to San Francisco, really, Santa Clara. Uh, stadium's in the middle of nowhere. 305 Sunday on Fox. 49ers, only a four-point underdog. Uh, the spread's a little interesting, and... Uh, our guy Sam Panionovich was texting me a little while ago telling me that the Sharps are all over the 49ers, too, uh, with that those four points. So that'll be interesting. Uh, Johns did give me his prediction. We'll, I'll share that here in a little bit. But we'll start with our, our one big question for the game. Uh, Joe's going to jump in here, too. I, I'll start. I'm just curious if the Bears will have the same edge. You know, I, I just... Um, a little bit of a letdown factor here. I think that would be completely natural, kind of a, in a human nature type of way. You just came off at a very emotional victory over the Packers, your rival. You hadn't beaten in a long time to win the NFC North. Now you got to go across country to, to face the 49ers who are 4-10. and 10 And um, Also, I think it's worth bringing up, the Bears did win that game uh, a few years ago that opened up that stadium, but... There's like 20 years of history before that of just terrible outcomes every time they went out to San Francisco, like beatdowns against the 49ers. Now, I'm not expecting that to happen. I think the Bears are a much better football team, but I think it is fair to question what kind of edge the Bears carry with them into this football game, and it will it look more like that game in New York and that game in Miami where it was... Um, you know, just you, you missed opportunities to put them away, even though you're a better team, and then you end up losing in the end. Yeah, and my, my biggest question actually is along those same lines. How vanilla of a playbook will we see? Will we see them, you know, pull it back a little bit? I, I, I'd, I'd be really surprised if we saw anything, you know, like um, – Santa Slay or anything, you know, that they, that they've been saving up. Cause really, you know, obviously they're right there. The Rams are right there and it could happen. But with the way their schedule is, I mean, you'd be really hard pressed to see the Rams not go 2 and 0 in these last two weeks of the season. So, and you know, you get, you still got to play your games and you still got to tr- try to win. But I don't know if you're going all out effort in order to try and get a buy that just doesn't seem all that likely. Yeah, I believe Matt Nagy when he says that they're going there to win, but I do think what you're bringing up is a fair point because you're talking from a coaching standpoint. You know, do you save some things now? Maybe they throw some things out there just to get it on tape to set some other stuff up in the mm-hmm. playoffs. But I do think it's a it's a completely fair question. Um, as long as you're not getting so vanilla that your players kind of realize that you've backed off the gas a little bit, yeah. because that you know that could trickle down to the players. I think that's fine. Uh, I still think you got to do everything you can, though, to make sure you leave with a with a win. Oh yeah, absolutely. You still got to go in there with the with, with the with the mindset. Um, but I, I just doubt that we'll see anything you know crazy. I, I don't think you'll be talking to Bradley Soul after the game, <laughs> unless it's for something really bad. Oh, well, but hopefully not. Hopefully not. All right, uh, let's get to our bold prediction. Bold predictions. 
be a little crazy with this one. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but Anthony Miller is like not involved in the offense anymore. Uh, one target in his last three games. Uh, at least I'm sorry, one catch at least in his last three games for one yard. Wow. Yeah. Nothing. That's uh, going back the Giants, Rams, and Packers game. One catch. Uh, and then I think he's had maybe some. Oh, that was for the touchdown, though, against the Giants. That was that touchdown. Anyway, that's where I'm going with his bold prediction. No catches the last two weeks. I think they try to get him back involved. I think they've been, I think they've been saving him a little bit. We've we've heard some talk from both his position coach Mike Furry and Matt Nagy about the rookie wall. And so maybe they've been backing off here a little bit, but I think you want to get them going here as you get closer to playoffs. So my bold prediction is that Anthony Miller catches a touchdown in this football game. When's the last time? Did you say uh, when the last? When's the last time he scored? He did that one catch he had against the Giants was the touchdown. Oh yeah, yeah. Remember on the uh, the trick play with Tariq Cohen. Mm-hmm. Man, um, yeah, I, I like that a lot. I mean, I think more guys should get involved. I think that would help you know spread the love a little bit. Against a uh, defense that isn't that doesn't really have a whole lot of playmakers, my bold prediction is Leonard Floyd will set a career high in uh, sacks in a game. So he has gotten two a few times in his career, including last week against the Packers. He will get have at least two and a half sacks. Wow, good old number ninety four, finally getting that, his worth in you know first round pick. <laughs> that is bold, but he's getting that confidence, and he he is starting to look like a legitimate pass rusher. So um, good for him, and uh, and and I know we covered that a little bit the other day. But that that I like that bold prediction. Did let's see, did John send me? I don't know that he sent me a bold prediction. I know. Oh wait, he did. Hang on. Uh, Let me guess. Jordan Howard will rush for at least a hundred yards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The defense will have an interception. Uh, first of all, he said the biggest question is when will I feel better? Oh. So that's that's fair. That's a yeah. That's a good one. Sure, that's a good one. Uh, his bold prediction is four total touchdowns for Mitch Trubisky. Ah, that was the that was my next one. My next yeah. guess. He 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 kind of rotates. So the defense getting interceptions more last year, but yeah, he kind of got yeah. I guess I am a communist. Yeah, yeah. stinking commie. Uh so you guys are thinking there's going to be points in this game then. Uh, predictions. 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 I'm thinking kind of a sloppier, lower scoring type game. I, you know, I. The the only way they lose this game is if the defense comes out sloppy again and starts missing tackles like they have in you know those games against the Dolphins and the Giants. Uh, otherwise, I just can't see the 49ers scoring a whole lot. But I'm also not convinced that the Bears are just going to go in there and blow them out. So I'm saying 20 to 13 Bears win. Do cover the spread. Yeah, I'm I'm right around that same spot. I'm I'm saying the Bears win 20 to 17. Um, a little bit closer. The 49ers cover. Like I said, I, I'm just, I just don't know exactly what their mentality is walking in. I know that they want to win, but I just don't know how much you know it's going to be a poured-on game. Uh, so I, I see them winning, but the uh, Niners keep it close. Okay. And it's interesting that a lot of the Vegas Sharps are all over the 49ers on this one. So maybe this will be a closer game than most people are thinking. Again, 3.05 Sunday on Fox. Um, all right. 
Let's get through. There's a lot of good NFL games. We're going to skip the college again. Oh, man, I took a look at those those bowl games last night. And, whew. Yeah. Plus, our NIU Huskies got rocked oh, in Boca yeah, Raton. Um, all right. But some good NFL games throughout the entire weekend. So let's get to them. We'll stay in the division real quick. Vikings and Lions. Uh, Vikings got back on track last week, uh, putting up 40, was it 42, 41 points on the Dolphins. They exploded offensively. And the Lions, well, they're just kind of struggling here. So they're a five-and-a-half-point underdog at home, noon Sunday on CBS. When we talk about potential playoff opponents, I'm really curious to watch the Vikings the next two weeks. Do they keep this going under Kevin Stefanski, their new offensive coordinator? Because if they have, you know, start clicking offensively with those weapons they have, I think they're dangerous. So this, was, this will be a game I'll have an eye on on Sunday because do they come out Enroll the Lions, or do they go back to struggling? And if they do, then I still don't think they're that dangerous. Yeah, I'm really glad that these uh, that this does not crisscross with the um, with the Bears Niners game. This is a game that you have to have eyes on. Vikings are right there, and they're going to be playing in an important game next week at home against the Bears. Uh, I think that they do. The gas pedal is still on the floor. They're going to crush the Lions, like Johnsy's been saying all season long. They are hot garbage. I think, like you guys talked about on Tuesday, they are losing that head coach and. Uh, this is uh, this is going to get ugly in Detroit. Yeah, uh, I I, t- I tend to agree with you. So I'm going to take the Vikings here too. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm just really really fascinated to see what the Vikings look like these next couple of weeks. By the way, I forgot to give Johnson's pick thirty one thirteen. Ooh, well he's got the four total touchdowns for Mitch, so they got to be scoring a lot of points. So he's he's leaning towards a blowout thirty one thirteen. Wow. I mean, that's a big number. That's probably his lock. Ah, well, you know what? Let's just do it for him. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. All right. Packers headed to New York to face the Jets. Packers still favorites. I mean, no one seems to ever doubt them. Aaron Rodgers says he wants to play and will play. So he goes in there. Jets are a three-point home dog noon Sunday on Fox. I was all over the Jets last week as a six-point home dog dog to the Texans. And then the Texans had that late field goal to... Backdoor cover. Woof. Jerks. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take the Jets. They're getting the points. This is a stay-away game for me, though. You don't know. This is almost like a bowl game. You don't know what kind of effort you're going to get from either team. Yeah, for sure. I, and and even though Roger says that he wants to play, I'm not sure that the organization wants him to play. He's been gimpy all season long. Uh, he didn't look great last week. I think this is time to let him rest, let the whole organization take a breath. Um, but I, I, that's that's coming for me. I don't know what they want to do. Um, but I, I tend to agree with you. I think Jets at home getting some points, beating the Packers would be a good way to start to put start to move the train in the right direction. Um, I'll take the Jets and the points. Holy Moses. By the way, Tom Brenneman's doing the, the Bears game Sunday. Golly. So maybe maybe he'll get a Holy Moses <laughs> game. I don't know. All right. Uh, Rams at Cardinals. Picking this one because the Bears got to keep an eye on the Rams here. They're trying to get them for, you know, for the two seed. But Cardinals... 14-point underdog at home. Rams may have lost two in a row, but Vegas doesn't seem to care. 14 points. The Cardinals are terrible. 
They're at home, 305 Sunday on Fox, so this is going to go up against the Bears game. Uh, That's a lot of points. Yeah, and you know, disappointed is probably the wrong word, but I really thought that they would uh, beat down the Eagles last week, and they just haven't shown it. It, I'm not sure if it's something that the Bears did, or uh, they even struggled in the game before that. So who knows what's going on with the Rams. They did beat the Cardinals earlier this season, 34 nothing. so it's not out of the realm of possibility that that can happen again. But 14 points on the road is just too much. I think the Cardinals are starting to get some things together with Josh Rosen. Um, I'm going to take the Cardinals to cover, but the Rams to win the game yeah i'm with you right there too rams win but cardinals cover that's just a that's just a ton of points and uh, carlos santos the steelers go to new orleans this game will be the uh the national uh cbs game in the late afternoon window up against the bears 325 sunday and it's a good one saints five and a half point favorites at home I get why the numbers there, but the Steelers coming off the win over the Patriots, they you know, they got a lot to play for here. I kinda like the Steelers to cover. I still think the Saints will win. Um, but the Steel you know, I think the Steelers I think the Steelers make this a close game. Yeah, I think the Steelers have obviously have a lot to play for. You know, the division is still up for grabs. Baltimore's right on their tail. Uh, but that's just a tough place to play. And I think this is something, you know, where the Saints Maybe they take their foot off the gas pedal next week, looking ahead at their at their bye. This is a week where you can kind of have a statement win. We're one of the best teams in the league. You know, I was really disappointed by Monday night. They, you know, they won the game, but they just they played poorly against a team that's fallen off the tracks. I will take the Saints to cover at home um, with a big number. Well, that's kind of why I'm taking the Steelers here, because if you've watched the Saints the last few weeks, and I've watched... Parts of all, you know, I watched all the game against the Cowboys, which they lost. I watched all the game against the Panthers, which they won. But like you said, it wasn't very impressive. And I know they were struggling against the Buccaneers for most of that game. They haven't been playing at the same level they were for, really for the most of the season. So mm-hmm. I think this is a tricky game for the Steelers or for the Saints against the Steelers. I think because they're at home, I'm still picking them to win, but I think it's going to be close. And if they do lose, interesting scenario because. The Bears would still be technically in the hunt mm-hmm. um, to catch the Saints as well. What's the tiebreaker with the Saints? Uh, the Bears have it too because of the conference record. Conference record, okay. Yeah, because if they get that, if they get into um, a tie, Bears have to win out. So that's two more wins against NFC opponents, and that would mean that the uh, Saints are, would lose to the Panthers in Week 17. So that'd be another loss. So the uh, Bears would have the uh, the conference record tiebreaker in that scenario. Let's go, dude. Yes. It'd be interesting to see the Steelers win this game just to make things interesting in Week 17. Yeah, and, and we've talked about it, that, that is, that's the place I'm scared of. I, you know, right. You can go to the Rose Bowl. That's no problem. And not just because they beat the Rams, but that's just, I mean, how many football fans are in Los Angeles, man? So, I, But I do not want to go to the Dome in the playoffs. No, no. no. Sean Payton and Drew Brees. 5 and 0 at the Superdome in the playoffs. 5 and 0 at the Superdome and I think they're 1 and 5 when they have to go on the road Ooh. in the playoffs. So, that's a good stat right there, buddy. That's e- that's everything. <laughs> you do not want to have to, I'm not I, I'm not ruling the Bears out. I think oh, they sure. can they'll have a chance, but when you see stats like that and you see the difference, uh the Saints are home and road in the playoffs. If there's any chance you can catch them, and that's why I think that game Monday night against the Panthers was so big. And yeah. Unfortunately, the Panthers couldn't 
pull it out. Um, Thanks for nothing, Cam. Yeah. Cam and your arm that doesn't work anymore. Jesus. Oof. That's ugly sometimes. Holy Moses. All right. Texans at Eagles. This is an interesting game, and I I think the Eagles are a little dangerous here. Um, Two and a half point home favorites against the Texans. Noon Sunday on CBS. I'm telling you. I'm I'm not predicting the Eagles can go on another Super Bowl run with Nick Foles, but if they win their last two games, that would be a three-game winning streak. That'd be four out of their last five games they've won. To me, that makes them dangerous in one wild card game it, I, with Nick, just because they're going to play up that underdog role again. And who knows? They got that experience. It's just it's a it's an interesting situation. So anyway, the Eagles versus the Texans here. Noon Sunday on CBS. What are your th- what's your thoughts on this game? You know, I was talking to our guy Sam about this game as well, and he was saying that the look ahead line was Eagles chasing two and a half. So this has crossed all the way over through to make the Eagles the favorite. This is just a team that you can't trust. You know, from week to week, from you know month to month, it's just it's you don't know whether they're going to play well. You don't know who's running back, who's quarterback. You know, obviously they have a lot of the roster coming back from last year and the coach, but he the team just isn't quite what they were. Texans still have a lot to play for. They can still get a, a first round bye as well. I'm, I'm pretty sure, right? They're actually in the two spot right now ahead yeah. of the Patriots, so, so they got to win to maintain it. Yeah, so they, this is this is just as important to the Texans as it is to the Eagles. Um, if you're giving me points with the Texans, I, 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 I'm not a full believer in that, mostly because that uh, the AFC South is not a great division. But um, I, I'm going to take the. Uh, I'm going to take the Texans mostly because they're getting points. I think it's a pick them, but um, I'll take the Texans because of the points. Yeah, I'm going to take the points too, and um, I just think that Nick Foles is going to be running around for his life a little bit with J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney coming after him. I think it's going to be a much tougher game, and I think the line's a little bit of an overreaction to them going into L.A. and winning. Absolutely. um, Wouldn't surprise me if the Eagles win. Or cover the spread. I think I'd probably stay away from this one, but uh, having to make the pick, I, I'll take the points with the uh, the Texans. For sure. Uh, so, all right. And then uh, let's see our final game here. So this is my first time ever doing this. So, yeah, don't give me too hard of a time. The the, the night games this weekend are great. You got the Ravens and uh, Chargers on Saturday night. Chiefs and Seahawks. That's the one we're going to pick right here on Sunday night. And then actually the Monday night game is not so great. It's the yeah. Broncos and and Raiders. That's a Harry Tynowitz clunker right there, buddy. <laughs> well, this one Sunday night should be good. Chiefs at Seahawks. Two and a half point home underdogs. Seahawks playing great at home this season. 720 Sunday on NBC. But I'm going to tell you what. There's a little bit of a wake-up call. The Seahawks still don't scare me. I'm taking the Chiefs. Really? Uh, I'm... I made the mistake of going against the Steelers at home. I'm not going to make that mistake here with the Seahawks. If you're giving me points at that stadium, you know, they've obviously, you know, losing in overtime to the 49ers last week is not part of the plan. <laughs> but Seattle's still a pretty good team. And with the playoffs still on the line, getting in that home environment, night game, I'll take the Seahawks in the points for sure. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I get that logic. I just think that this is going to be a little bit of a wake-up call. That the Chiefs are going to be able to score, um, and the and the Seahawks. I just don't like that offense. Plus, they're winless without uh, Hunt. Not winless. Uh, winless against the spread. Sorry. Oh, that's a good stat. Since Kareem Hunt mm-hmm. was uh, released, they have not covered a spread. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. The old switcheroo. 
The old switcheroo. No, I'm going to stick with them. To my no, you want to switch. No. Lock you know it up. what? Lock it up. Let's go. Lock up the Chiefs. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Awesome. The dueling lock is so is one of the best parts of Hogan Jones. <laughs> yeah, I think so. All right. Well, we need to get out of here. I got to run the house hall, and um, hopefully Adam Johns is feeling better. That sucks that he's... The stomach flu's the worst, dude. Yeah, man. And when it, when it goes... When you have kids and it goes through your whole family, oh, my God. It's just... I can't even tell you how terrible. It's it's actually better when you have it than when your kids have it. Yeah, when I babysit my nephews, uh, I basically get sick as they walk in the door. Oh. So. Oh. So hope hope not just Adam, but everyone in the Johns family is yeah. feeling better. Um, and we got to get out of here. Follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hoke, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S, Joe Romano, at Joey Joe Thanks for stepping in, buddy. Appreciate it. Next man up. Great stuff for you. Next man up. Did a great job. Hopefully, Dion Bush does as good of a job as you did. I set the bar high, man. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You came right in just like an all-pro. WGNRadio.com slash Bears. You can read my 10 Bears things are up. ChicagoSunTimes.com. That's where you can read John Z. Please rate and review the podcast. We appreciate you doing that. Search Hogan John's Apple Podcast, Google Play. Tune in. It's all there for you. We'll be back on Sunday with the post-game episode the Bears take on the 49ers and then uh, well you know what? we'll explain it all on Sunday but next week will be a little bit different with Christmas we'll talk about that then enjoy your weekend we'll talk to you Sunday after the Bears game I guess I am a communist